All right, we're back for another episode of Stream of Thought, episode number 48. 48. And we begin by talking about, what do we start with? Well, we, for a, a brief moment, we talk about how your, mo- your mom recognized me when I was doing, when I was an extra on Chicago Med. On Victor's Extra Work. Aired. Yes. So we talk about that for like five seconds, and then we talk about my story on the Metro. Oh, man. Little bit of a delay. Oh, Put people, a people on the metro. Pink. Oh, people. Oh my goodness. Psychological examination. Man, it's fascinating. Some of the people that you run into, true characters. Well, and on the note of characters, we transition from the human psychology element into the field of dare I say it? Do it. Religion. <gasps> Oh, God. Gasp. Oh. And nonprofits. And what do we talk... I can't remember what we talked about specifically. We cover... We the, covered a lot we of We covered the gamut of all of these different aspects, so yeah. it's really worth a listen. Definitely. So episode number 48, Stream of Thought. We hope you enjoy. <laughs> so, so, so was it worth the wait? I feel like that was yeah, worth, that was worth the wait. Cool. Yeah. yeah. No, it was cool. Yeah. That was only a six-hour day. Dude, I can't believe you spent an entire six hours on, what, half a second on screen? Maybe? Yeah. I mean, I did that route oh my goodness. Uh, probably 20 times. I don't know. Really? Yeah. I mean, they wow. moved the cameras around. So they did every single angle, and they just chose the best they just happen or whatever whatever them. yeah but you were going to be in i easily regardless. i easily could have not been in the shot you know yeah, what i'm saying yeah so all those other people walking in the background were also extras who had uh, by the way we're talking about chicago meds yeah season three episode number two that was just came out like a week ago victor made his appearance as an extra in the <laughs> last the last four minutes of the show so it was it was pretty epic. I have to yeah, say, yeah, that was on the back uh, of his head with his little that was little in the bun. Of August, when yeah, shot that. yeah, that's crazy that it took. Three, and then they three put three the cameras in the Ferris out. wheel, and we were walking around in the by the Ferris wheel. For oh, okay, so you you could have had another yeah. cameo from an overhead yeah. shot from yeah, a distance. If they ever use an overhead shot, I might be one of the little dots on the on the floor. But man, that is around. a you you have to think about how much work goes into. Dude, so much like work. just being an extra of having oh to do. being an extra zero work goes no into it. no no but the amount of time and energy that it takes for people to like the I'm thinking of the orchestrate people who the orchestrate whole the whole thing yeah. who coordinate everything who are in charge of making yeah. sure that everything runs that all the extras are doing the exact same thing in every single take kind of thing that you're not having some weird continuity error. That was the that okay, that was do you remember when I went on that little rant where I saw the guy just toss a cup in the bushes? Yeah. yeah. That was that when I was shooting that. Oh when I was really? standing in my spot and then they you know roll cameras, background action, I was standing in my spot and that was where I was when that motherfucker just blatantly threw a plastic cup into the bushes. But how, impre- how impressed are you that my mom actually caught that? That was, the last, yeah. uh, Just watching I it. I knew where like, I was. Oh, hey, that's the I, back of it. Well, when you were showing that to me, I knew where I was going to be because I remember my route and I remember I could recognize, I recognized the area. So okay. I, but I'm surprised that she recognized me. I don't know. It's that distinctive bun. Probably, yeah. <laughs> that was pretty epic, I have to say. That's pretty funny. Does, um, does that rekindle any sort of desire that you have to continue doing extra work oh absolutely not no i was actually (laughs) just talking to someone the other day who's in my stage combat class 
I was telling him, like, yeah, the first time I was an extra on Empire. What is stage combat, by the way? It's exactly what it sounds like, stage combat. Okay. <laughs> like, punching and slapping and falling down and not getting hurt. Oh, yeah. like WWE type. Yeah, except there's no, like, su- like suplex or chokehold. Oh, well, I mean, actually, we learn how to choke people and everything. We, all the stuff that you, all the violence you see make it look real when it's not. Oh, there's that's classes that. for that yeah. to teach you how so to I'm do that. So I'm in a class. With, that's, oh, okay. that's a really short class. It's only a four-week Interesting. class. Interesting. Victor learning how to um, act out violence. But anyway, anyway I was yeah. talking to one of the guys, and I told him when I was an extra for the very first time, it was so magical. It was amazing being on set, seeing the cameras, all the other people. And I told him, I was like, dude, by, the, by like the fourth time I did it, I was like, done. I'm done with this. It's just so time consuming and extremely exhausting to do. And you see the results too. And it's like, I mean, for the amount of time and energy that you put in just by showing up and being. It's cool. I tell people it's a cool it's experience, a cool yeah, experience for, sure. for anybody, but I wouldn't do it more than a handful of times because you get burned out, and it's just like uh, not. It, it, after a while, it's just like yeah, it's not worth my time. You know. But what you saying? said you might have a cameo in an upcoming movie. Oh, Widows. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I do. So that'll come around when it does. Which we shot. That was in. I don't know when that's coming out. Actually, Black I was about to Widows. Say, uh, no, just Widows. Widows. I have no idea it's what it's a about. Movie, it's Netflix, about Widows. Amazon. It's a real movie being released. Directed theaters. by Steve McQueen, who won an Academy Award for Twelve Years a Slave. Colin Farrell's in it. That's the only person. Is it I can like remember. a Sundance film? I don't know, but I really it? want to tell my Metro story right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, okay, so you know how I take the train to the city. You know. Yeah. And I will often, sometimes I drive, you know, but I was taking the train because I wanted to catch up on some reading and I just didn't feel like dealing with traffic to the city. So after class, I hop on the train and I got about 10 minutes before it leaves and I'm getting pretty comfortable. Start reading my book. This is the 1040 train. So about right before we get to Oak Park, which is the first stop. You know, we're about 15 minutes in on the train ride. Yeah. 15 to 17 minutes in on the train ride. We stop. And I'm not really paying attention. I just think it's I think it's a stop. And then I realized we've been sitting there for a few minutes. And, you know, they say, sorry, ladies and gentlemen, there's a delay. Um, well, before they say that, before they actually say that, the, you know, the the Siri Metro, whatever the hell, you know, says... Oh, the app alert. Yeah, whatever, whatever the hell. No, I'm saying the, the, the... Whatever the robot voice is, not a person on the PA, but, you know, this Metro train is currently operating 10 to 12 minutes behind schedule. Mm-hmm. We apologize for the inconvenience. Yeah. So I'm like, fucking A. Like, I'm already getting home late and I have to work at 6 o'clock the next morning. Like, 10 on to the, 12 on minutes... On the 1040 train, that gets you in at about 1130. Yeah. 1125. 1125. Every minute is precious because I'm going to get home, I'm going to eat, I'm going to go to bed. Crash. You know? And so I'm like, fuck. So whatever. And then uh, some guy walks in. The, well, some guy, the conductor, walks in. He's like, hey, did you guys hear that? And we're like, no, what was it? Because then the thing stopped working. And they're like, oh, the um, – and then it says before that – I'm sorry. I'm getting my whole timeline all fucked up. And then it says like uh, the there's a 20-minute de- delay. I'm like, wait a minute. This just was 10 to 12 minutes, you know. How quickly was the new message? This is like within – five minutes you know this is pretty quick oh so so it wasn't like it's now five minutes it's now 
added on time. Correct. As opposed it's to now going like down, from going this, up. It's like, this is a 10 to 12 minute delay, delay right now. Five minutes later, they say it's now going to mi- be... Five oh. minutes later, it is now an additional 20, 20 minutes. minutes. Yes. Okay. Okay. So, um, we're sitting there and they tell us that the switches on the track aren't working. You know what I'm saying? Because on the Union Pacific West line, there's typically three tracks. And the, the switches aren't working. And so I'm like, fucking, hey, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. And um, they're not working. But the kicker is there is a freight train that is in front of us that, is, that currently is also having to use the switches. Because at some point um, – I've had it before where, like, there's nothing wrong with the train line, but – our train has to stop to let a freight train go in front of us, yep. you know, because yeah. the way that the tracks are, you know, it's like not it's like in between. It's like an X sometimes. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, they're like, I'm, I'm just thinking, crap, it is already <laughs> late. You know what I'm saying? It is already late. Fuck me right now. Yeah. And um, so then they say, hey, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go to Oak Park Um we don't know how long this is going to take. This could be 15 minutes. This could be an hour. We are not going to be here all night, but this could take a while. So if you want to call any friends or family oh my goodness, or use really? Uber and get off at Oak Park, uh, or if you want to stay on the train and wait, that's perfectly, perfectly fine too. The last stop will be River Forest. So it's that going outbound. Wow. It's Oak Park. And then yeah. after Oak Park is River One Forest. And then they're going to st- And then they're yeah. going to be done yeah. until they can fix it. And the first thing I'm thinking is these motherfuckers better hand me a complimentary metra. Did they like – yeah. Wait. Okay. I've already gotten a handful of free rides because people – they just don't check my ticket. Mm-hmm. Or I sit there and they th- – you, know, you know what I'm saying? But it was funny because that one time I told you I saw that guy who had the YouTube channel, remember? And he gave me the free ride. Mm-hmm. Then I saw his his buddy like – last week mm-hmm. and i said hey remember me he's like no i don't remember you at all i'm sorry uh when was this it was like a month ago he's like oh, I, th- I thought you're gonna i was gonna see you the next week um anyway i give him my ticket and i was with this other i was with one of my friends and she gives him her ticket he didn't he didn't click mine he didn't punch a hole through mine at all so i got a free a, a two yes. for one mm-hmm. type thing but on the way to the city they didn't check my ticket i had it sitting there mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm sitting here thinking these guys better give me a complimentary ride. For every 10 ride pass that I purchase, I get one to two free rides because they just don't check the ticket. Yeah. So I'm just like, calm down, Victor. You know, cool your jets. You've it's had okay. a, it's all going to balance you've out had the end. enough uh, free rides. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I start getting out my Uber app and I'm like, shit, I hope all the Ubers don't run out because there's a lot of people on this train. And this is the very first stop. I feel bad for people going to Elburn or St. Charles. Oh, I know. know. The rest of the route. So I get off at – oh, before that, I'm, I make my way to the center of the car. And um, I think to myself, like, well, I'm just going to fucking get out. I'm not going to wait until we get to the station. And I get to the center. I'm like, oh, wait. We can't because we're in the middle of the train tracks. Yeah. There's this guy who I've seen him before. And – He's walking up and down the car. Man, fuck this. Fuck that. And I – okay. So I – how do I say this? Okay. So I will 
I obviously swear almost all the time on this podcast, but I feel like it's pretty subtle and it's just out there. This guy is just like being. What are you looking at me like for? Like that for? Don't go on. This guy is being. This guy is annoying. I know me. what you're talking about. Yeah. This guy is annoying no. me with all his f bombs. Yeah, yeah. Because I know where it's excessive. Where it's there's excessive. no reason why every other word should be yes. a first word. Mine are mostly exactly in pa- mine are in yeah. passing, and yep. you almost where, don't even recognize it. Here's a fuck this, fuck that. The I spend so is, much fucking money on this train. I spend fucking three thousand dollars a year on my monthly passes. I fucking spend fucking three I, fucking dude, uh, It's just every other dollars. word. Just, yeah. Shut up. And then yeah. I'm like, why is this guy so pissed? I gotta fucking wake up in the morning. I gotta take the six o'clock train. I'm running on four hours of sleep. I've had five hours off of, of work in the last four days. I'm like, okay, first of all, that doesn't make any fucking sense. Like, that does, no, you've had more time than that in the last four days. Yeah, off cry, of cry me a river. Then I see him turn and he's got a, a real tall oh, beer with him. Okay. It's like, yeah, okay, yeah. you're drunk My, right now. Mystery solved. Yeah, mystery solved. Exactly. He's uh. like, and he just, Keeps bitching and complaining, man. This is such bullshit. This shit happens all the time. Fuck the Metro. And it's like, shut up. And it's one of those things where everybody knows exactly what's going on, but nobody is choosing to tell him, like, hey, can you stop? I thought about it for Mm -hmm. a minute to just be Mm – to turn to him like, hey, babe, you want to shut the fuck up? I thought about it for a moment. I was too tired to deal with this. Mm -hmm. I was too tired. And the conductor was walking up and down. I was like, okay, if it's really an issue for the Metro people, the conductor will either have them arrested or kicked off the train. All right? And the guys are walking back and back and forth, back and forth, and forth. Like, but now, I'll pull the lever right now and just walk off the tracks. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh. And the guy, he walks up to the doors right next to me. He walks up to the doors. He's like, yeah, I'm getting the fuck out of here now. Whoa. That's a bit of a way down. Maybe not. <laughs> and then he just stopped. That is awesome. And um, he's still swearing and everything. And um, the guy, the conductor comes around and he's saying, man, just let me off, man. Fuck this, fuck that. He's like, the conductor's like, fine. You want to get off? You want to get off? And I'm thinking there's no way he's going to let him off for liability reasons. If he's drunk and he gets hurt or gets killed and the conductor lets him off in, you know, where there's not a stop. Oh, yeah, totally. The conductor just hits the button, turns the thing, lets him off. And the guy just starts walking across the tracks. Are you serious? Yep. yep. They let them off the metro. Yep. And this dude, this conductor did, this conductor did not ask permission. He just took it upon himself to just let the guy off because that happened right before we were about to move. Um... And right before that happened, this other kid was like, hey, man, can you let me off too? Like, Mike rides almost here. He's like, we'll be at the station in a minute. It's a 10-minute walk from there. He's like, no, I'm just going to get off here. He's like, all right, fine. And he hits the button. He lets this kid off. It's like maybe a teenager or early 20s. And I thought to myself for a moment, maybe he can let me off because I don't I want to wait any more than I have to. And I thought to myself, nope, don't fuck with trains. Don't fuck with the trains. There's a reason we have train stops. Yes. Yep. And that's no reason to be on the tracks in the middle of the night and climb down a, cup, a hill. To save a couple of minutes, it's not worth not it. Worth it. Trust me. Uh, the experience of going trying to take a shortcut through the Minnesota woods, it yeah. is not worth not it. Not worth it. It always seems easier right before you do it, but then in the midst of it, you're like, what the fuck did I yep. do? I made a huge mistake. Especially when you see the train start moving like thirty seconds after you've left. You're like, Oh shit. Yeah. Like now I have to walk an extra like two miles. It's not worth it. Death. You know what I'm saying? Dude, <laughs> your, totally. your face just completely changed. I once was at Glen yeah. Ellen and I was on the south yeah. side of the tracks parking my car, 
walking over to cross, there was a freight train that came, and right before that train, the train ended, the tra- the gates stayed down, another train coming, another train coming, danger, danger. No the freight it. train had already left, but the gates stayed down, and there's my train. So I sat at the station for an hour waiting for the next train, and I almost went across because I could see the trains. But oh, I, I you chose were not on to. the wrong side of the tracks. I was, well, I was oh, going onto no. the right side of the tracks, but there was a freight I've, train. I've you know seen that. Saying? I've seen that happen like, to people fuck. before too, which is why I'm so glad I'm on the train that's going into Chicago because I've never yeah. had to cross the tracks when there's another freight train coming. Yeah, it happens a lot. It happens. I mean, our track is one of the most heavily trafficked Any, routes yeah. in the anyway, country. Anyway, my point is, I don't fuck with trains. I don't fuck with trains. I don't test Mother Nature. I don't test paranormal activity. And I don't test the trains. You don't test... I feel like like those are all things that we really need to dive into a little bit. Like, like you're not going to catch me... You're not going to catch me in a car like, dude, let's go check out this tornado. You're not going to catch me. No, you'll just or be like, like animals. Let's, let's, you know see what I'm the, let's see if the uh, the fairway on the side is yeah. good for driving on. I'm not going to like fuck with animals, you know, wild animals, you know, yeah. like people. Oh, my gosh. I see some videos on fucking on the Internet. Like, hey, let's, let's just walk. Bear. Let's just walk up to this rhinoceros and take a selfie. Like, you are an idiot. You need to under <laughs> like, OK, that's another that's Darwin digressing man. right now. It's Darwinism. And I'm not going to go out in the middle of a cemetery, you know, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary. You know, with these metal rods or the Ouija board shit. Like, I don't fuck with that. And I don't fuck with trains. Dude, we should totally do that so, and put that on YouTube. I would maybe I'm do totally that down with to try a professional and... What about me? Nearby. Am I close? I'm on, no. I'm, I'm more. I'm anyway, okay. so I'm with the train. <laughs> I'm close. Literally, the kid gets off, and five seconds later, the train starts moving. And yeah. the, the doors are open when they're about to move, and the guy, raid the... Uh, the engineer had radioed the guy. He's like, oh, I just let a drunk passenger off because the doors had, um, he could tell the doors are oh, open. So the drunk yeah, guy, and then yeah, like a yeah, minute yeah. later, the kid got off. Yep. Anyway, we get to Oak Park. And get to Oak Park, walk down this giant ramp, and Oak Park is a pretty big train station. And immediately, I just feel bad for a couple of the homeless guys that are sleeping there, and all of a sudden, there's like, you know, twenty five thousand people, like forty <laughs> people yeah. making noise, talking, yeah. and all yeah. of a sudden we're disturbing them. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, it's funny because it's cold outside. People are getting Ubers, and everyone's like, "Every." It's so weird just to see people who are, and no fault of their own, like our parents' age, on the phone. Like, oh, do you see the Fridays? Like, we're right by the Fridays. That doesn't help an Uber driver. Like. You can drop a fucking pin and show and tell them exactly where you are on the Uber app. Yeah, yeah. You know what street is this? Is this is it? What is? Uh, do you know what street this is? Like, dude, it's 2017. Everybody has a smartphone. Mm-hmm. One, no, I do not know what street this is. Two, even if I didn't, I can look it up on my Google Maps in about two seconds. Yeah. And the fact that and it was amazing. There were at least three different groups of people. You know, immediately talking to the Uber drivers like, oh, we're at the train station. Where are you? Like, it's not that difficult. In the I, city, I can understand. There's a lot of foot traffic. There's a lot of cars going by. Like, but I if feel you're like that's setting through, a pin yeah, yeah. on the map. But, like, trying to verbalize where you are yes. feels like early 2000s type, yes. type communication where we totally especially uber drivers these days every single uber driver has a smartphone and an app that's yeah. attached to that 
they know how to get directions if yeah. you are willing to like send them a pin or yeah. give them a specific location via the digital forums that we have available to us, right? But it's it was amazing how vague these people's um, but I think if the direction was like we're by here. That doesn't help. You need to say something like we're about half a block east of the, like be specific. Yes, and so we're in that sort of middle ground of where in the past. Everyone knew directions and street names and stuff like that. Even if you were dropped off at Oak Park, people who knew Chicago would be like, oh, these are some major streets around me or something like yeah. that. Whereas now you can point, pinpoint exactly where you are. People don't know the exact street names. And so you have that middle divide of, well, you know, let me try and sort of vaguely describe. I don't know the street names. I don't really know the general area, but I don't know how to send a pin, for example, because I know a lot of people my parents' age who have no idea how to identify their location on their smartphone when it's easy enough to do, right? Well, dropping a pin, okay, so setting your location on Uber and dropping a pin via text message or something like that are two completely different things. Exactly, yeah, yeah. But I mean, they're they're two two methods to accomplish the same goal. But when you open up your Uber app, your pin location by default is exactly where you are standing. Yeah, I would figure ninety nine percent of the time. Sure. Every once in a while, it's like this weird shit where like it says you're a half block down when you really aren't like yeah, yeah. But for the most part, it's ninety nine percent of the time. It GPS is, right is like where you're really, really accurate these days for sure. And also, like I, I'm the type of person that I won't ask. I will ask for help as an absolute last resort. I will do everything that I can myself before. Look at you just shaking your head. Dude. Swapping. Like, I have no problem. I have – when I'm I was, not saying that's wrong. I'm just saying that's how I am. I'm saying life is so much easier when you're in those moments of like just – okay. Take, for example, when I had to go to the courthouse maybe two or three months ago. And I was traveling by a bike. It was cold out. So my phone died at about 40%. And this was back the old 4S. So it didn't have a lot of battery life. And I was without GPS. And I was going on the residential roads because I was trying to take the path the GPS was selecting. Unfortunately, that took up so much power that it shut my phone off. And so here I was in the middle of the burbs, probably about three or four blocks away. But I didn't know specifically what because all of the side streets and stuff sort of ended and were not through streets. And so you had to really know how to navigate these side roads. And my phone died, and I'm like, oh, my God. Like, great. I don't know what road to turn on now. And this is – I have to be there in 15 minutes. And I'm four blocks away, so I'm close, but I have no idea where I am. So my initial response was to be – First person I see on the side of the road, it was this guy who was mowing his lawn, mm-hmm. stopped my bike. I'm like, hey, I'm so sorry to, like, interrupt you. He stopped his lawnmower. I'm like, hey, can you just tell me the fastest way to get to the courthouse? I'm, my phone died, and I don't know how to get there. And he's like, oh, yeah, just go two blocks over, take a right, two, two more blocks, take a left, and you'll see it right there. I'm like, awesome, perfect, great. Two blocks, two blocks, perfect. <laughs> I, I saw it. And it was one of those things. I got there with, like, five minutes to spare or whatever, but I couldn't have done that if – my initial reaction wasn't to be like, I need to find the nearest person who li- – because people who live in the area will obviously know the best All right. I'll be honest. So, yes. Uh, let me just say that's something my, real quick. That's my feedback. I'll be honest. I had a moment of narcissism thinking that I was so much better than everybody else because I knew what I was doing and mm-hmm. people were struggling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. No, we get at the root cause of the problem right there, man. 
<laughs> Dude, we're all like I that. I kind of felt we're like an asshole like at the time and a little bit right now, but I was like, oh, whatever. This is, I'm just <laughs> a little like, bit right now. <laughs> <laughs> No, people are just trying to help themselves out. <laughs> look at all My these, bad. Look at all these like, dumbasses who these, don't know where at, they're going right now. Look at all these. Look at me. <laughs> I know exactly what I'm doing. Yeah, look yeah. at all these peasants. Look at all these peasants on their cell phones. I'm trying just to young and scrub. beautiful and know exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> right. I absorb it through osmosis. I've yeah. never spent a minute in Hill Park, <laughs> but you know what? I know this <laughs> land. I'm a Chicagoan by heart. Yes, man. Dude, I totally empathize with that. I absolutely empathize with that. Man, I can tell you, though, removing that pride and ego, even in the Chicago way, and just being like, ask for directions, even in the, like, right now, even when I go into grocery stores or hardware stores or whatever, my first reaction is, if I can't find something within the first five minutes that I'm in there, I'm going to look for the nearest employee, and when Ray and I were picking up the webcam for the, the drywall doctor, we walked around, we asked employees, guess what, most of the employees don't know either. Like, it, it was I don't, absolutely um, nuts. I don't ask retail employees where things are because I feel like I'm bothering them. Pe- people, yes, and people our age right now, it's like their reaction to me asking specifically what aisle something in is, is like, you have a smartphone, like you should be able to find the site yourself right. kind of thing. And I feel like that's a pretty typical attitude that we take even in those instances of being on the train where we get off and we're like – we we got this. Well, like, I we, was we, we have a smartphone. We should be intelligent enough to be able to answer. I these was questions. driving with my mom somewhere on the highway, like in Indiana or something like that, and uh, I couldn't find exactly where I was. And she's like, "We should just ask someone." I was like, "No, we're not doing that. No." And what is up with Humility. men in directions? And I'm just like, "No, no, no." And then finally, like 20 minutes later, I. I conceded and was like, "All right, we can ask directions now." <laughs> twenty minutes, twenty minutes wasted. You could have, you could have just shortcut that and gone and, into that. Uh, that is my philosophy these days: is that so much time and energy is, and you get to form really positive, even if they're very short relationships with people. Yeah. You like when you ask somebody a question <laughs> and are super grateful for their response and say thank you for doing that. The, 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 well, you get that sense of endure that that like. Uh, euphoria of oh I just had a positive interaction with somebody they helped me out you could see my gratitude and it was a, it was a good thing I got know? something else for you that's really gonna make oh, you laugh God. so All right. I was driving to the city I was on Saturday and I'm going down LaSalle and I'm sitting at a red light and there's someone next to me at the red light but and they're in the left turn lane. And um, I hear that someone honk their horn, and I don't look over because I think to myself, it's someone that like got yeah, mad at me or something like that. Oh, like, you? I'm not, you? You thought it was like directed at you? Yeah. So I'm like, I'm not dealing with this bullshit. Like, this is probably someone who just wants to be like, hey, you know, or, you know what? You got to be somewhere real quick. You had to cut me out or some dumb shit like that. They honk again. I don't do anything. They honk again. I look over, and it's a woman. And she's saying, and I'm not, no, I'm not saying that like to be. No, sec- no, I'm, I know, I'm just I saying know, no, no, it's part of the story. Ignore it's my physical woman, reaction. It's a woman yeah. who's saying. Well, I'll say this because it was the, because immediately I saw that it was a uh, woman. I did not feel threatened. Oh, right away. Oh, so it's oh, like, oh, okay, what okay. is it? Like my defenses came down. If it was a man, I would okay. be like, what the fuck does this guy? Want? Yeah, you know, like aggressive alpha, yes. like yes, alpha exactly. Combat. So she uh, she says, hey, do you know where the uh, the the Moody, do you know where Moody is? Um, my Google Maps keeps saying it's in front of me, and then when I go down the street, it says for me to turn around. And I say to her, like, 
I think it's just up a couple streets because I couldn't remember exactly where it is, but I see it all the time. But it's one of those things where it's like it's just in the background or like when I'm, yeah, when yeah, I'm going you don't to see it. I don't process that. Yeah, I don't process exactly because where it is. Because you've never been there or But whatever. it's like I think it's over here. But I can't – I said to her, like, I think it's either over here, but it might be back there. Like, your thing might be right. And then the light changed green. It's like, but I can't be I, – I, I said to her, like, I think it's over here, but I, I don't know 100%. And then in my mind, it's like, well, light's green. Got to go. And then I drove, and I kind of felt bad for a minute. But I kept thinking to myself, like, why would Google Maps keep doing that? I was like, I knew there was something that I couldn't exactly pinpoint. And it was because the Moody Bible Church – is exactly where I thought it was, which was at the corner of LaSalle and North Avenue. The Moody, Moody Bible Institute is oh, is the exact yes, opposite I know direction. The Bible. Yes, I because know Because when she, said, yes. it, yeah, yeah, when yeah, she yeah. said it kept making me go forward and then go backward, I kept thinking to myself like, well, it's I think it's over there. And then I thought to myself – There's two and then different I, And then locations. I thought to myself, yeah. but wait a minute. I think it's over on Chicago Avenue. So then she in turn confused me because I never really mm-hmm. paid attention that there mm-hmm. were two separate buildings. One's the church and one is the actual yeah. campus. Yeah. And um, I thought it was funny because like she caught me off guard and then I started thinking about it as I was driving. But I also – you know, how many times are you in a position where you're asking someone for help and then the light changes green – and if it was on the sidewalk, I could have totally helped her out. But it's like, well, the light's green. I'm not going to be that asshole that just sits there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Um, dude, that's a tough one because that that made me think when you were saying that of being in Minneapolis on the train with that dude who was bleeding all over the place. And my mm. two friends in Minneapolis are like, we need to help this guy yeah. and we're not leaving until we help him as opposed to just you – know, I was disappointed. Everyone has problems and – People will deal with them how they will. Well, we are not meant to sort of inter- intersect with those problems because we have issues of our own. I was I was slightly disappointed only because I couldn't give her a definitive answer. And in those but moments, I you're, you're confronted with that choice. But I didn't feel bad because like we're in the middle of the city. It's daytime. Like there's someone else that she's gonna that she can easily ask. You know what I'm saying? It's not like we're in the middle of nowhere or something. Or and any any little bit of like the fact that you actually engage with her, I think, is a good thing. Yeah. Because it, yeah, I mean, like you said, I found when I've had to ask directions for multiple people. I get closer, right? They give me directions that are sort of in in the proximity, so I get yeah. closer. Ask somebody who's closer yes. there. Okay. So I, I would assume that would be what she did. It's like, oh, okay. So she now she followed your directions to wherever she was. She'll ask somebody else. Be like, oh, it's because right the I left her with the fa- I left her with like, yeah, it's about two blocks up. I didn't say yes, it is. I I, so, I totally like. I, yeah, it's two blocks up, I think, but I can't be certain. What? I, yeah, because I, I, I was. I yeah. had that happen a lot, both in New York and I, I have that happen around here occasionally. But my my attitude is, if I generally know where an area is, I'll be like, okay, I'm not quite certain where it is. If I have my phone with me, I'll try and help them out with the GPS or, or whatever. But I'll say it's in that general direction. Ask somebody – like ask somebody, you know, when you get closer to that intersection specifically where it is, I just have a general sense. But it, that tends to go over the best yeah. when it comes to responding to people who are just totally lost. They're just grateful for like being yeah. pointed in the right direction because I can't count the number of times that I just – I don't even know if I'm going in the right direction. It's like – like keep driving for like a half an hour. Yeah. And it's like, oh, damn. I must have passed something. 
I need to stop at a gas station or something and and see if yeah. anyone has so any sort of indication because my GPS is not giving me anything right now. So I, um, there are there, there are certain points where after that it's happened, valuable. I went to class. I didn't think about it, and then on Tuesday, I took the train and I walked from Ogilvy to class. It's like a forty minute walk because I had time to kill. And I'm walking down LaSalle because I was like, ah, walking down Wells. I've done that a few times. It's boring. So I walk down LaSalle. It's a bigger street, more happening. And I and I walk up, and there it is, like Chicago and LaSalle, Moody Bible Institute. And I think to myself, and I kind of have this, this moment where I stand there. I look up. I put my hands on my hips. And I think to myself, well, son of a bitch, there it is right there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll be. Well, I'll be. You know? Dude, man. And then, and then I walk down, right? I yeah. walk down uh, – Continue walking down LaSalle, and um, then I, you know, I'm confounded and, you know, well, holy shit, here we go again. There it is, sitting right behind the Shell gas station, the the church this time. Oh, okay. So you're like, you know, that following Tuesday when it was, I had that moment of self confirmation. Like I knew there was something that I didn't quite know, but still knew a little bit. Yeah, I was like. Man, Chicago. Chicago. Yeah. Totally. Um, but yeah, that was pretty funny. Well, <laughs> and now you will never forget yes. where it is if somebody in the future ever asks. I'm, I want someone to ask me so that I can give them more than what they were looking for. Oh, yeah. Be this like, is the this church is, at this This is how you get there. This is the institute at this intersection. Where do you need to go? And let me tell you exactly how to get there. It's like, are you looking for the church or are yeah. you looking for the institute? You know what questions to ask now because a lot of times people don't know what the questions are. I do are. love giving people, helping them out when, you know, so many people, so many more people ask you where something is when you just happen to be walking, you know, uh, oh, down the yeah. street. Oh, yeah. And I love helping people out because most of the time I know exactly where they need to go and I give them extremely specific directions on how to get there. See, my attitude is I try to put myself in the mind of somebody who's never been in the city before, and so I try to be like, okay, well, how can I describe this in a way that can best be absorbed by somebody who has no idea what the streets are, no idea what the building, like, landmarks are, anything like that? Just be like, okay, like, if you're coming across a bunch of intersections or something like that, give indications of what the environment is like more than specific landmarks or street names. Just be like, you will know you're getting closer when such and such happens. Like there's a ton more traffic or there's no traffic or something like that. You'll know you're in the right area and just head towards that direction. And I'll always ask too, like, do you have a smartphone? Because half the time people will have a smartphone, but it's plugged into the wrong address. I've done that. I can't oh, count yeah, the dude. number of times where I've tried to find a location. I type in a name, and it gives me if you put down street instead of Ave, or you put down sixteen thirty nine or names. Of 13, 16, I'm thinking like names of like buildings or yeah. institutions. That'll I've had to, I yeah. you know dropping off packages or stuff like that in specific locations downtown. You type in an address, and it's going to give you a multiple locations, and assume which one you're trying to get yeah. to, and as a result. I mean, back when I was in ministry, I can't count the number of times where I had conferences downtown and I was trying to find churches because they're all effing named the same <laughs> thing. Like, First Congregational, First Presbyterian. Like, they're all the exact same freaking yeah. name in the city. And so you type in you, you type in a location and you will be going in the exact opposite direction, circling around a Catholic church for like three blocks and realize <laughs> you, are, you are three miles in the opposite direction of where you should be. At that point, you're like, you need to start asking people. So you know, I, have to, I have to ask you because down here in Glen Ellen we have First Presbyterian. And then I'm like walking down someplace. I think it was in the city. I see like, you know, 
the Fourth Presbyterian Church. I'm like, wait a minute. So, mm-hmm. how did we get That's from one, one to actually. four? Fourth Presbyterian. I'm like, what is go? One. Okay, explain to me yeah. the you know first, second, the. Th- I don't understand the way this hierarchy works amongst. It depends these on it, it depends. Yeah, it depends on the denomination. So first of all, there are there's the Catholic versus Protestant. Right yes, now, right. There's yep. two forms of Christianity, and you then actually, underneath Protestant, you have about a thousand. Different you have things. an yeah. infinite number of denominations. You even have evangelicals fall under Protestantism. So if you don't identify and you just say I'm a Christian, then you are likely an evangelical who falls under the Protestant okay umbrella. As well, I used to identify as Catholic, but now I identify <laughs> as Protestant. Dude, I can't. T- the the number one joke for people I, in seminary is I, <laughs> I, am a reco- I am a recovering Catholic. Is really? is the number one joke? Is yeah, I'm a recovering Catholic. Like <laughs> it's everyone shits on on the Catholic faith. Okay. It's it's very funny, but it's very interesting because some evangelicals don't consider Catholics Christians, and Catholics were the first Christians ever to form right. sort of institutional structure. So you have these two umbrellas. We'll ignore the Catholic faith because okay. as important as it is, it's not relevant to our, like, whatever, the first, first, second, third, fourth type of church denominations. Okay. Right? So you have, you have Congregationalists, Presbyterians, Baptists, Methodists, um, uh, Evangelicals, and there's another big one that I'm forgetting too. I'm really upset at myself. But those churches sort of stake a claim, the denomination stakes a claim in particular towns, cities, villages, municipalities, wherever there is a governing structure, whenever a denomination chooses to plant its flag and create a church, they are the first of that denomination to have established a congregation. So so First Presbyterian Church is the first Presbyterian church that has been established in the town of Glenellan. So – they are the first. Now, they – Glen Ellen's a weird, weird instance because the firsts don't mm-hmm. die. Like they are they are the lifeblood of the community tend to be. Like First Pres- Presbyterian, yeah. very healthy. First Congregational, very healthy. And so there's no fear of dying. But then you get into the city and you have first, second, third, fourth. And so people are staking their claims and trying to build congregations in various communities. Some like the nature of denominations and religion is that congregations emerge and they die based off of the need of the community. So if if First Presbyterian Church in Chicago ends up over the course of five years just not being able to sustain itself, not having donations or support, they end up dying out. Mm-hmm. They're no no longer a congregation, but second Presbyterian church that also founded themselves maybe two years afterwards cannot change their name to first Pres- Presbyterian okay. after first Pres- Presbyterian is gone. First right. Presbyterian was a unique institution to that denomination, okay. and so it will always and forever be known as first congre- uh, first Pres- Presbyterian. It. And so you have second, third, fourth, and some do better than others. And you have like Fourth Presbyterian, actually. No, uh, yeah, no. I think it might be actually Fourth Presbyterian is a big church in Chicago. It's one. It's one of the denomination churches that ended up picking up a huge amount of support because of what they had to offer, and so they became the main name. And so everyone knows Fourth Presbyterian Chicago. That's where okay. the Progressive Youth uh, Conference 
takes place. Okay. I, it might be actually Fourth Methodist. It might be a Methodist congregation. It was Fourth something. It was four, it was four, it's Fourth something. There's a, it's a big one, though, in Chicago. Presbyterian or Methodist. I can't remember. But it it all depends on the community and if congregations before then have sort of died out or multiple denomination or multiple churches in the same denomination have been like this city needs multiple churches you know we're trying to expand our whatever and so do, you know does that make sense in the progression of why there are first second third fourth do um, churches do churches ever to a certain degree when people when the leaders of the church get together and be like, right, what can we do to get like is there rivalry among other uh churches in the area? You know what I'm saying? Like is is it almost become business like where it's like, okay, we gotta figure a way to get these to get these uh numbers up and to get people from this church to start coming over to our church. You know, it it's weird because in there's very different dynamics. So you have urban you have suburban and you have rural. Urban, people don't go to church. Like people who live in the city generally don't go to church. And so it is an attempt to try – a lot of churches in the city try to appeal to urban lifestyle you know, c- concerns and conditions. And so frustrated with traffic, like come to church. Like <laughs> – Tired, t- like, like, don't know what to do about all the homeless yeah. people on the street, and like, should you give them money or something? Like, come to church. We'll we'll answer those questions. Like, it's it's uh, uh, scenario specific, and so you have a lot of congregations who are trying to sort of tailor their message in the city to people who would normally not go to church, but can also find applicable value okay. to to actually attending service. Then you have suburban where everyone goes to church, like. Uh, not everyone, but I would say a good 70% of people go oh, to church. Oh, for sure. And it tends to be – suburban tends to be a little more progressive, tends to be uh, people who work in the city and live in the outskirts in like nice white picket fence attitude kind of thing. And so it's sort of this empathetic liberal type of attitude in a lot of uh, Protestant denominations. I mean – but you you get this mix too where you also have these conservative ideologies as well of people from the working class suburbs and the working uh, the white collar city workers tend to sort of mingle mm-hmm. in this suburban atmosphere and then you have rural which is like farming specific or you know nature specific and tends to be the uh, church attendance for uh rural tends to be 90 to 95% like everyone goes to church when you when you get out in you know into the farmland area and so yeah, I I don't know if that really yeah no that helps addresses that, that, your questions, yeah, that, but yeah you nice know insight. there people people are aware in different contexts what is going on uh, religions religion speaking you know like is there a congregation that is on the ascent like everyone in that community it's a very small world each of these religious communities sort of communicate with each other on the periphery but. You know, it's one of those things that you have a sense of like what others are doing successful and you mm-hmm. want to try and mirror that and use, you know, use your environment to your advantage. Yeah. Because churches that are able to acknowledge their environment and their culture and their economic, you know, position of their the main congregation tend to be the most successful in implementing the changes that they want to see in the community. Um, 
switching gears. Kinda. Yeah, dude, that was totally like no, 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 no. <laughs> that was totally a uh, divergent. When I I went to uh, a church with one of my friends in the city, I think we talked about this one time before. But I went with them because he was like kind of exploring it, and I I was totally open minded, so I was like, yeah, I'll go. And uh, there was like a thing before or after a service, and uh, it was like a luncheon or something like that. And it was one of those, you know, you don't have to pay for the food, but we're asking you that you donate money. And he was like, and he was like, dude, this kind of pisses me off. Like, are you seriously asking me for money? Like, what? This church gets thou. Okay, this church gets thousands upon thousands of dollars every weekend because it's in the middle of, uh, it's uh, what's it called? It's actually fuck it. It's park, park community or something. I don't know where the fuck it is. It's uh, I can't remember what it's called. Park community church in. Uh, Shit, I can't remember where it is, but everyone that goes there, you know, it's in an affluent area of the city, and he was just like, "What the hell? Like, they're trying to get me to hand over two or five dollars for a salad and a couple slices of pizza <laughs> when they get a crap ton of money from donations every single weekend." Yeah, and those, <laughs> I I tend to really disagree with the management style of those people yeah. who tend to because that is a decision that's made on the administrative level where yeah. you have the pastors and the the council of elders or uh, board of trustees or whatever the the civilian <laughs> the civilian management is tend to all agree that, yeah, we should ask for donations for these particular events. And I have to say, if you are opening an event up to the community and saying other people should come in, never, ever should you ask for donations. No. Not in a million years. That is the last thing. I mean, it's it's permissible. It's permissible to have a donation basket and to say, if anyone, uh, if anyone would like, we have a donation basket available to help fund more events like these to reach out to the community, do not feel an obligation to do so only if you're compelled to do so. How do you feel about that sort of messaging of saying, like, we have a donation basket if you... I think I just thought of this do, do right you, now. I think that I would... I it would be, It depends on where it is. If you put your donation basket right where people line up to get their food or to get whatever it is that the community is offering... Then you feel compelled to donate like you like you would almost feel – I would feel bad if I didn't. But if it is completely separate mm. in an area – if it mm. is in an area mm. completely separate mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. whatever, mm-hmm. you know, mm. you're doing, mm. picking out pumpkins or eating or mm. whatever the hell it is, I would feel differently. I get that though because it's almost like, well, we're not asking for donations but if someone wants to give – then yeah, so there's a difference between. I see the communication you know divide. I see the communication divide right now because on my end, like from the pastoral management side, I'm like, what is the most efficient way to be able to get donations for people who want to give them? It's to put it right by the food and to say, if you're passing through, if you want to donate, it is the, in the most easily accessible place. However. I see exactly what you're saying in the sense of when you go to a religious event. I don't want to say that there's necessarily a guilt-inducing um, a, a perspective that's put on you or or a sense of like you need to be holy in this space. But I think that there is a lot of times and as a result, people feel compelled when when it's only suggested to donate money. And so when you are passing through – like for me, when I go to a church event where there's free pizza and they have a donation basket at the outset – if I'm not in a financial position to donate, I do not feel guilt about not being able to donate. And I know that people around are not 
at least in good congregations, mm-hmm. not judging me for not putting a dollar or five dollars yeah. or ten dollars into the donation basket because there are plenty of people who will be able to compensate for that who are sort of who just want to support a good cause, yeah. right? The, because church in theory would allow us the opportunity to most freely be able to give of whatever we have in that moment. And so that donation basket by the food is like, it's on your mind. If you're feeling, you know, rich guilt or something like that, whatever you have the opportunity to just be like, here's $10, here's $20. I make, you know, I make that in five minutes. So here's $20 to help support it. I think also too, like if it's in an area where there's a lot of people, people are watching you, Donate or not donate. And then you feel weird too. You know what I'm saying? No. I mean, food lines tend to be pretty rapid moving. I I don't tend to find that anyone has ever stared at the collection collection uh, basket saying – or even indicating like I'm looking at people who are going through. I've never experienced where people are observing who is donating and who is not. If anything, especially in the suburbs, I found people tend to avert their eyes when it comes to who's donating what to the donation okay, basket interesting. because they could be donating and they could be putting in a hundred dollar bill and it's like, well, I put in, I just put in a two, I just put in two bucks. I like, got a hundred dollars. I'm going to take seventy five. I'm going to take exactly, exactly. <laughs> no, but I mean that. Yeah, that that is very interesting to hear from somebody who doesn't tend to go to church. Who when they go to an event that your initial reaction is to be one of skepticism oh. with that money basket next to the food being like, I'm, I feel like I'm being guilt tripped. Well, into the other reason providing. too is because I'm not saying all places are like this. I'm not saying all places are like this, but I also just don't like giving my money away because I can't see what's, what it's being used for behind closed doors. For example, you said that, uh, for a particular research group, a majority of the money that was used in that donation was used in lawsuits against other. Yes, the, cha- or what was it? The American Breast uh, Breast can- Breast Cancer, whatever yeah. the 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 Pink Heart or the, the pink, pink the Pink Ribbon. ribbon. Uh, so much I, of the money. Yeah, that, yeah. So you said so, much of the money that had been donated, you found out factually had been used in counter lawsuits and counter lawsuits to other- prevent other people from saying the the race for the cure the race right. for the cure or anything like that right. the, the copyright infringement that so, as, as opposed to research and development yes. for antibiotics and cures with that being said like i said that's why i don't like just giving my money away but i would totally give away my time to do something for you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like i would much rather work with like we once at a uh, church got together and we like painted the lockers and radiators at a public at a public school yeah i'd totally be down to do that dude i mean but you know what i'm saying when when so- i would i like to be involved i guess i should say rather than just give money away and not be connected to whatever it is i'd rather be involved and this may be getting a little too like specific or neurotic but when it comes to the way churches organize and operate themselves it tends to be more what what of material gain can you give us not necessarily what human capital can you give us because i found when asking people especially of our age the millennial generation to get involved and actually implement sort of change and be on council or attend an event like help help be 
you know, collect tickets or something like that. Something simple, something that only takes a couple of hours. They don't have to do any plan. Teaching Sunday school. You know what? I'll give you a, a – you can read the lesson when you come in. Like yeah. whatever. Just simple stuff. You only need a couple hours out of your time and it's so much more valuable than money because you feel – you can see like what you are doing. You can see the change that you are impacting. You can see all of these things that you're engaged with on a very intimate level and churches don't utilize that enough where at those pizza parties – they don't say, well, you know, how can we draw an individual into this community and get them involved? Because I think a lot of people like you want to do something, want to make a positive impact on the world without totally destroying their wallet yeah. or inconveniencing their schedule. And people are open to it, right? If you've got a couple of free hours, you're more than happy yes. to donate your time. And it's a matter of churches churches and nonprofits, I'll say nonprofits as well, being able to utilize people's willingness and support for a particular cause to say, come be a part of this. All you have to do is give two, hour, two hours of your time whenever it's convenient to you. People's willingness to be involved is so much more valuable than a dollar. Then, uh, yeah, and I, I think that people want to be involved in, in creating and building something big. I mean, we want purpose and meaning in in our own lives. And so, I mean, for me, it's just a matter of utilizing people's passions and saying that, you know, as economically efficient as putting that donation basket out, it could be something alternatively, put your name down if you're willing to donate a couple of hours or or, or an alternative to actually donating money because you see that and you're like, well, I can't donate any money or like I don't – I'm not willing to donate any money or whatever your your reservations Mm -hmm. are. But to say, oh, you know, maybe maybe I'm willing to get involved or something that opens that door to future involvement can continue the cycle of participation where maybe I'd want to be notified of future events. Maybe I'd want to offer my time for a couple of hours. Maybe have a checklist of saying what I'm willing to do. Like, yeah, I'd love to know whether there's another free pizza party. Tell yeah. me. Like, sign me up. Come to come to a couple more. Talk to more people. They say, oh, you should come back for service. Mm-hmm. You know, And it becomes this self-fulfilling prophecy as opposed to on the outright out and out saying we have guests, they have potential money, like right. let's try and use the resources in the moment as opposed to saying this is an investment. This is like we're not planning on making any money out of this. Mm-hmm. We're planning on investing on yeah. human capital because human capital is what makes any organization run. How um, how often in your experience in the church since you were a child and – I'm just using church as an example, but any nonprofit, how often is money spent on frivolous things that are really of no importance? Mm. For example, mm-hmm. I remember – I recall seeing um, in some churches that I've been into for service that friends have invited me to go to, they were still, there is absolutely no reason to have a flat screen TV on the wall right over here. Mm. There's absolutely no reason to have a flat screen TV in the floor with plexiglass over it so you can see information as you're walking That's in. That's what they call disposable income. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I would say, generally speaking, most congregations, you only see this in churches that have excessive revenue for whatever reason. I mean, there's a lot of different reasons why churches can can afford to be able to do those sort of things. Mm-hmm. But most congregations that have been around for more than 50 years 
know the value of a dollar. They know how difficult it is to, first of all, most churches have debt. Most churches have some sort of like longstanding debt of owning the property that they are trying to pay off. And so there's always this constant effort to try and eliminate that debt and be debt-free. To be a debt-free congregation is the most freedom that a and any institution can have. And churches are a lot of times reliant on the – whether it's government subsidies mm-hmm. or whether it's uh, the leniency of tax, tax law as it relates to religious institutions. But most congregations know the value of a dollar – and they tend to be very um, – it's it's weird. It, it's weird because I will say there are exceptions where money is ill-spent when trying new ideas, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Like people enjoy spitballing creative things that – uh, sound very promising on their on the surface level. Oh, other congregations have done this. Mm-hmm. It's been really successful. We should invest time, energy, and money into making this successful. And a lot of times they don't take into account the individuality or uniqueness of their own congregation and as a result they fail. But, you know, I, I would say more often than not, Churches and nonprofits in general are probably some of the most economically efficient institutions that we have in American culture today. Interesting. It really is. I mean, they really, the money comes from the generosity of others. And when you are relying on the generosity of others, you better have something to show for it. Because if you don't have anything to show for it, donors are going to say, What is my money going to? My money is not going to anything. I'm not seeing any results. I'm going to stop giving. And if if you are feeling that as an individual, it's likely others are feeling that as well. And it tends to be a trend. And so you see these trends of congregations spend their money well, know where to focus their energy and, mm-hmm. and resources, and then others who don't. So, interesting. Yeah, that's sort of – is it interesting or – No, it is. It okay. is very interesting. You thought that was a, a default word. I, 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 I see. I see your. I see your eyes, and <laughs> I, I see your le- le- level of interest right now. No, I'm trying no. to be reflective. It is all interesting. I was about to say right now. Is there anything else you'd like to add? No, man. We didn't even get into your work boots. I know. I mean, that was just. I, that's it, cool. Nothing too crazy with that. I can mention it next time. Yeah. But I guess if you've got a problem, go to church. <laughs>